from far away Just to find me in the ground I'm in the city, babe Now you wanna live in the tent And you wanna help Babe, we're so many kids I'm a kid Welcome to the first episode of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me is my co-host, Nick. Hey, everyone. I am super excited to be here and recording this first episode. Um, thank you to everyone who's listening right now. Uh, I can't wait to get going and start sharing some of my favorite songs. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, Nick, so let's talk about why we're doing this podcast. Sure. Uh, so I guess I came to you with these, with this idea, so... It dawned on me one day, uh, I was I was going through my playlist and I was just sick of the music that I was listening to. I just kept skipping songs. Uh, and I realized I had listened to a lot of new music. I, I guess technology really siloed the music that I was listening to. I, I don't listen to the radio anymore. Uh, I don't watch like MTV for music videos like we, like we used to in the old days. <laughs> and And I wasn't really being exposed to to new music which is something that you know uh, you know new music was everything to when i when i was growing up when i was around your age you know he'd always wanted to hear a new band or a new song and then it, it then i thought if i'm not listening to new music because the technology is so sort of siloed me then nick who's what 20 something years younger than me might not be hearing music of an older generation which is a shame i thought because there's some really great music out there so i contacted you and i thought you know this would be a great way for us to connect because, you know, one of the problems with us connecting is that even though you're my nephew, I live in Australia and yep. you're in Canada. Uh, so I thought this would be a 14 hour difference. Is it uh, 12? I think right now, 12 or 13 hours. Wow. Yeah. So I, when you were what, how old were you when I took, when we went to arcade fire? Um, I was 13, almost 14. Yeah. So I was visiting, I was visiting Canada and I had tickets to see Arcade Fire and it really warmed my heart when you were like, I love Ar- Arcade Fire. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell me about your thoughts from the, from the concert. Yeah. That concert was like an extremely important event for me, you know, as far as developing my love for music. Um, Cause up until then that was my first concert and it made me realize that, you know, listening to songs played off your phone is one thing, but actually experiencing it live seeing it performed in front of you it's an entirely different beast and like that just really was a revelation to me and i came to realize that um you know that music is is meant to be experienced live and all this but also it just like develops just a really strong passion within me um for music and discovering you know the new music as you say um and also i've just spent way too much money seeing live music because of you um but i don't regret a penny of that so we're all good I was really lucky in, in my 20s where there, there's obviously there's a radio station in Toronto, a really famous radio station in Toronto called 102.1 The Edge. And I became friends with a DJ on that radio station. And I used to get a lot of free tickets to concerts. I, I wish. That would have saved me a lot of money. Yeah. I've seen, I think I probably got 30 or 40 free tickets off her uh, over the years. So I was pretty lucky. Uh, so we started to exchange music. Uh, it you know, every week we'd, you know, I would give you a song to listen to and you'd give me a song to listen to. Uh, and then I thought maybe there's other people that are in our boat where, you know, they might not know new music or they might not be exposed to to certain songs from, you know, 60s, 70s or 80s. Uh, and then I thought, let's do a podcast. And you were on board. Yeah, I think um, like <laughs> like a lot of people, I, I, I've always wanted to, to do a podcast. I just thought it'd be really cool. And what better way to do it than to be talking about something that I'm so passionate about. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as you approached me with this idea, I was 
all aboard. Uh, and of course, we couldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for uh, you know my good friend Darren. Uh, Darren and I run a photography business together, and he is uh, not only is he an amazing friend to me, but the, he's a tech genius. So uh, he's uh, working away at our Brisbane studio. So he's the engineer and producer of this podcast. So Darren, uh, we couldn't be doing this without you. Uh, you know, you're the best man. Yeah, thanks, Darren. And uh, I just want to add, uh, I have a special request from my dad. Uh, he was asking if it was possible to get a podcast, but without my uncle's voice at all. Like he just wants to hear me. So uh, maybe you can figure that out, Darren. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not gonna <laughs> happen. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Nick, what's the first song that you uh, they had me uh, that you wanted me to listen to? Yeah. So I chose to start off uh, my portion of this podcast with one of my all-time favorite songs um which is nights by uh the visionary artist frank ocean um and i'll just give some some background and context for anyone who may be unfamiliar with frank ocean um he kind of exploded onto the music scene in 2012 with his debut album channel orange and before uh, he released this album he was ghostwriting for justin bieber beyonce john legend you know major pop stars um, and is also, you know, part of the hip hop collective Odd Future, who also made some fantastic music. Um, yeah, so he released this album in 2012 and went radio silent for four years. Um, and then finally, 2016, released a follow up album, Blonde, which uh, completely lit the Internet on fire. Maybe not the circles of the Internet you are on, but it's certainly mine. And this yeah, album. I, I, I no- I'd always, I've heard obviously a Frank Ocean, but I had, I don't think I'd actually listened to a song until, until today, till this morning, really. When, when he released this album, Blonde, it, it was, you know, really like it, it struck me right away. And it, ever since I've heard it, it's been one of my favorite albums of all time. And I'm really excited to be able to share this with you. Um, you've never heard the song before and I know I'm excited for you to be honest. So basically the song Nights, uh, if anyone hasn't heard it, please pause this right now and go listen. But it marks the halfway point of of the album. And in my opinion, it's just an epic song and has one of the wildest beat switches I've ever heard. I can vividly remember lying in bed listening to the album for the first time. And I was just like, wow, this is some beautifully produced music. And um, the beat switch, and we'll we'll go more in depth later, but it represents a complete tonal shift not just in the song, but in the album. And, you know, it's important to keep in mind the lyrics may be fairly abstract, but he's Frank Ocean's reflecting on his previous relationships, the formative times in his life, talks about, you know, just being displaced by Hurricane Katrina, establishing himself in the music industry. And really, it's just a fantastic song. Just, yeah, (laughs) let's talk about it. I'm ready. So uh, let's play a few seconds of it. So uh, for rights reason, we can't play the full song, but Darren, did you want to put on uh, about 15 seconds? That'd be great. Round your city, round the clock. Everybody needs you. No, you can't make everybody equal. Although you got Buku family, you don't even got nobody. All right. So, firstly, um, what did you think of the song? Like, what were your initial reactions after you finished it? Uh, I, I listened to that song quite a bit today, actually. I probably listened, I probably spun it about probably four or five times. Uh, I, nice. I, I got the feeling that I would have had a, it would have had a bigger impact on me if I had listened to the album. Um, mm. I, I think, you know, like, I think it, it's a, as a one-off, 
it it I felt a little bit wanting. Like it seems like a like, and I think you described it perfectly. It seems like a break in an album. Uh, I would have loved to have listened to the songs prior to it to see what the feeling of that album was. It, it felt like uh, like like a breath like someone's taking a breath from an album, like in the, in the midst of an album, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And honestly, like I highly recommend whenever you get the chance to, to spin the whole album through, um, cause right. you know, the, just the way he sequences the songs and where nights is in the track list. Like it's, it's very, you know, he, he did everything on purpose and there's a lot of meaning behind it. So yeah, it's, it's a great observation and you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I thought the beat change was, was dramatic. I, thought it was a different song. Like I went in and I picked up my phone because uh, I still like buying music on iTunes. So I bought the song on iTunes. Uh, so I literally thought that I was listening to a different song. Um, but yeah, the, the, the break was fantastic to me. Th- that song I would listen to driving. Uh, it's a really good mm. uh, windows down driving at night, you know, and, and just driving in, you know, that's, that's what that song, that's, that's what I think I would listen to that song. No, I've I've had that playing many a times uh, yeah. driving at night. You you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, what what did you think of uh, the lyrics specifically? Like, were you able to kind of pay attention to the, those and what he was saying? Yeah. So I watched two different YouTube clips uh, of the song as well. One actually had the lyrics appearing, and uh, again, uh, it was you're right. The lyrics are really abstract. I I, I would have I didn't know anything about his past relationships, Hurricane Hurricane Katrina. I I didn't get that from the song. Uh, but you're right. It's it's just an abstract uh, painting, really, of, of of what he. I guess the the, the writer was going through. Yeah, and I, I just want to highlight one line in particular when he says, um, "Want to see Nirvana, but don't want to die." Like that's that's always been yeah, so poignant that, to me, and I've I've come back to that line a lot of times before, and it just hits so hard. But like you said, very abstract. Speaking of someone who grew up in the in the grunge era, I never got to see Nirvana, so I'm I'm quite upset by that too. Uh, he, <laughs> the, the son of a bitch died before I could see him. So, yeah, very yeah. unfortunate. Rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I really like the song. I will say one one thing though. Uh, I think he should give yep. half that money to Kanye West that he's made off that song. I think that that was really. really? I, I would say he should he should really pay a lot of money to Kanye West. Interesting. What what aspects of that uh, re- reminded you of Kanye? If Kanye West had never existed, I think this would be a different song. You know what? I I, I can see it. And uh, you know, Frank has worked a lot with Kanye. They have a few songs together, and you know, Kanye was really pivotal in in helping break Frank Ocean to the mainstream. He put him on a song uh, with him and Jay Z in 2013. So yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from. Definitely. Right away, I could pick up on the Kanye West influence, and and specifically the change in beat. I think that not that I know a lot of Kanye West songs. I know I know a little bit of Kanye. We'll change that during this podcast. You'll become familiar. <laughs> yes, with Yes, I'm sure we will. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention at the beginning, the one person that I don't want to listen to is Drake. I don't get it. I've oh. listened to Drake songs. Oh, I don't you would understand want to piss why, off a lot of listeners. Right, uh, I don't understand <laughs> why people like that. him. When I left Canada, he was a kid in a wheelchair. Oh, no. And, we and just lost all, all our sudden, listeners. That's it. <laughs> They're gone. And all of a sudden, I don't I don't get it. He's, he's really famous. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whenever I watch a Raptors game, I cringe when they cut to to Drake. It, it's anyway enough of that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it does a lot of clapping. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of mugging and clapping of <laughs> of his face, and yeah, yeah. It bothers me. Uh, but you know, 
leaving Drake aside forever. I, I really dug the song. I, I thought it was a great driving song. Yeah, I, that that's definitely a song that I could that I could listen to driving at nights or even lying in bed with headphones on. Uh, I, I think you're right. I, I should probably listen to the album and see what preceded it. I, I think that would lend better understanding of the song for me. I highly recommend it. And can I ask, um, you know, this song, does it remind you of any songs that you listened to or have heard before? Or was this, you know, a more unique experience? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, it definitely made me think of Kanye West. No, I, I thought it was it was a very, you know, the production was really good of the song. Uh, I can't complain. It's sonically, it was it was really good. Yeah, I, I guess that was the one thing, the first thing that jumped out to me uh, was Kanye. Yeah, and I, I totally see that. Uh, for me, I see a lot of similarities in not necessarily the production, um, but in the song structure to Day in the Life by the Beatles, where there's the two distinct halves, I, I see that as a major influence uh, for the creation of the song. And actually, uh, Frank referenced the Beatles as a huge influence for when he was creating the entire album as a whole. So right, okay. if you like the Beatles, I'm, I'm sure you might like Blonde for some of the same reasons. Well, I, I, I do love the Beatles, so and, I, and that is one of my favorite songs. So uh, I should, I'll, I'll definitely give the, the album a listen to. So yeah, thanks for uh, br- uh, bringing that into my playlist, Nicholas. No problem, no problem. And if any listeners are hearing that for the first time, I hope that will also be in your playlist from now on. Yeah, so we're going to create a Spotify account. Uh, so that way, if you do want to listen to the songs in full... Uh, you can definitely click on our Spotify account. Uh, have you created one as of yet, Nick? I have. I have. So if you go on Spotify and you search for the Just Hit playlist, you'll be able to find uh, the playlist that I've curated with all the songs that we'll be reacting to each podcast episode, all in one place for your convenience. Great. And uh, we ha- we also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page, but we'll give you all those uh, deets, as the kids like to say later on in the podcast. <laughs> All right, and um, yeah, let's move on to the song that that I picked for you. T Rex, T Rex are a tragic band, really popular in the seventies, led by the the singer Mark Bolin. So the seventies, uh, as the glam rock era sort of started in the seventies, you had T Rex, you had David Bowie, obviously. So you had all these bands that had a very specific sound, and I think uh, you know you when we talked about the song earlier, you, you did mention David Bowie, and, and absolutely, David Bowie. Uh, is a huge influence. Uh, T-Rex were an influence on Bowie. So it was definitely around that era. T-Rex only lasted a few years, unfortunately, because Mark Boland died in a car accident in 1977. Oh, that uh, is Tragically, tragic. he was... Yeah. yeah so uh, the music that we have from T-Rex was short, uh, but you'll be hearing more T-Rex in this podcast because I'm a huge T-Rex fan. Uh, I could have... This definitely wasn't one of their hits, but one of my favorite T-Rex songs. Uh, there'll be a lot more T-Rex coming for you to listen to, Nick. Great. I, I really love just... I don't know. There's a sadness to the song. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that he died at the age of 29 or whatever, but I think that there's just a a, a sadness to the song that isn't a typical T-Rex song. T-Rex is more of a... You know, they're glam rock. They're more of a party, a party song or a party band. And... Okay. Uh, but this song just sounds completely different than a normal T Rex song. Uh, so, Darren, why don't you give us, why don't you hit 15 I seconds? Myself into the tomb. I dance myself into the tomb. Is it strange to dance so soon? All right, Nicholas, what did you think? Firstly, I just want to get it out of the way. I loved that song. I I really, truly did. Like, as you've already said, I 
connected it to David Bowie right away. Um, and that's, you know, obviously a huge compliment. Another legend, rest in peace. But yeah, I'm a huge David Bowie fan. And this immediately connected those dots for me. You know, I could see the influence. And what I really connected with in this song was, aside from the the instrumentation, which I'll talk about as well, but the vocals and just the singer's voice have such a haunting quality to them. And what I loved is it, it makes this sad undertone to the whole song. And like the, the lyrics are about dancing, which, you know, generally happy activity, but it's just such a haunting vocal performance. And I think it's a fantastic juxtaposition. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, you've got the, the, the guitar is fantastic, obviously very glam rock, uh, typical of that genre. Yeah, I, I really thought it was a great song. What was really interesting at the time, that's when sort of keys were really being introduced into music because uh, keyboards were being produced at a cheaper scale. Before that, if you wanted keys in your song, if you think back to the 60s and the Beatles, it was really expensive to get keys into a pop song. That's very interesting. Yeah. All of a sudden, Brian Eno, I don't know if you know who Brian Eno is, but he's a famous music producer uh, who did a lot of David Bowie songs, fantastic Bowie albums. Uh, When he first got these keyboards, he, he just took them apart and tried to make them make unusual farting noises, uh, which is very, (laughs) which is quite funny. Uh, And so you sort of get a lot of true mastermind for that. Yeah. Genius. Uh, And so that's where you, you, the glam rock has this sort of undertone of, uh, of like, you know, this keyboard influence and David Bowie definitely would have had that at that time. So this is when uh, keyboards started to get a little bit cheaper and you were, and they could add those elements into the song. What I also really liked about the song were uh, I found the strings that they had in the background were just really, really beautiful. And the way they swell, come in and swell and then leave throughout the the track. I, I really liked that part really adds to the atmosphere of the whole song. You know, the, the juxtaposition between happy lyrics and, you know, a sad sound. I think the strings really added beautifully to that. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, and I think you got it right. It's such a hauntingly beautiful song. And uh, yeah, Mark Boland, unfortunately died way too young in a car accident at the age of 29. That's yeah, that's, that, that's really too bad. Do you know how many albums uh, he was able to put out with T-Rex? Uh, I could look at the, the discography, but um, see, because I came to T-Rex a little bit older because I wasn't you know too young at, in 1977 to sort of appreciate them, um, I would have picked up probably their greatest hits. Uh, when I, when I was, when I was a teenager. So that's how I, that's how I got to know them from, right. from their greatest yeah. hits. Uh, so I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. So if any, if any uh, listener knows how many albums T-Rex put up, please, uh, you know, you can comment on our Facebook page. Yes, or Instagram please do. Page. Yeah. So I, I sort of came to T-Rex probably when I was my late teens, early twenties, uh, when I started to really appreciate them. So yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that question. So I, I would have picked up their greatest hits. How, how did you end up discovering them? You know, I'm, I'm always curious um, when I think about, you know, back in when you were my age, like how, what was the process like for finding new bands, especially ones that may not have been getting radio play? Like they were more obscure, not as mainstream. Yeah. Like how, how do you get exposed to that type of music back then? Yeah. And you're right. T-Rex would have got uh, radio play for their, for their bigger hits, which this definitely wasn't one of their, of their bigger hits. Uh, so how I got exposed to music was I, I have two older brothers, one of them being your father who uh, doesn't like the sound of my voice apparently, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, so I, I got a lot of, uh, so like, for instance, um, my favorite band is U2, uh, which is one of your father's favorite bands. And so I would have been exposed to U2 early on from, from your, from your dad, uh, from your other uncle Lou, I would have listened to like super tramp, black Sabbath, the Eagles, Led Zeppelin. So I was, because they're a little bit older than me, uh, Lou is 10 years older than me and Joe is six or seven years older than me. So I would have been listening to their music. So when they were teenagers, 
I would have been five or six years old. So I would have been listening to teenager music. Uh, so I was exposed to bands that probably most kids wouldn't have been exposed to, uh, which, which was, you know, which made my love of music even, uh, even deeper. Uh, for that particular song, Cosmic Dancer, I was in a store. I was I was walking around Queen Street, downtown Toronto, in a clothing store, and there was a girl playing records. And obviously, I knew T Rex, but I'd never heard that song. and And that song was playing, and and I was like, "Wow, that's that's amazing!" And I was like, "Who is this?" And she goes, "It's T Rex." And I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And and that's how I sort of heard that song. But you're 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 absolutely right. Your exposure to new music is completely different. Yeah. than how I would have been here in music. Uh, you know, it is nowadays. It's, it's so easy yeah. really to find what you're looking for. I mean, you, it's, it's just a matter of typing into YouTube or Google, you know, whatever genre you're looking for, or there's websites where you can put in, you know, your favorite bands and they'll spit out just a, a list of results of bands that sound similar or songs that sound similar to what you like. Yeah. Uh, you know, Spotify is always curating Apple music as well. They're curating these playlists for you automatically based on what you're already listening to, to expose you to new music. Um, and, and bands have a direct link to their fans now because you could go on radiohead.com or youtube.com or whatever. And there's an, there's a direct link yep. from band to listener. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, in 1988, I was 13 years old and I kept hearing rumors from reading Rolling Stone magazine about a new U2 album. And every week I would go to Sam, the record man and talk to the, to the guy behind the counter. If there was a new album coming out from U2. Wow. So that's how I had to get information about when the release date of an album was. That is so hard for me to imagine. <laughs> yeah. If you can think like I literally had to go into medieval town center and I walked up to the guy at Sam, the recommend and he would, and I go, when's the new U2 album coming out? And he pulled out a book to see what new releases were coming out. And he goes, nope, not in the book. And that's how I had to, you know, if I wanted to, to know what the release date was. It was either, you know, the guy, the DJ on the radio would tell us, or I'd have to ask the guy at the, at Sam, the record man, uh, when the, when the release date was. Wow. And I, I feel like again, in that time, the music taste for a lot of people would have really been driven by what was on the radio. I mean, obviously radio has, you know, declined in, in how many people are listening to it um, with the advent of streaming and whatnot. So I feel like um, exploring your music taste is a lot more self-directed nowadays. Whereas before, I feel like for the majority, it was kind of just dictated by whatever the radio was playing. Am I correct in that assumption? You're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, I would, you know, like the first time I ever heard the Violent Femmes was because they were being played on an AM radio station when I was waiting for my mother who went to the drugstore and it just, one of their songs happened to come on the radio. And all of a sudden I'm a huge, you know, Violent Femmes fan. I don't know if you know who the Violent Femmes are, but uh, we'll get to them if you don't know who they are. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know them. (laughs) Yeah, uh, don't worry, uh, Nick, you're going to hear some songs. Uh, Don't worry about that. Uh, So that's, yeah, it was radio and it was much music. I had a subscription to Rolling Stone magazine where there'd be like a new band mentioned, uh, you know, and I would buy their record and take and never, I would never have heard them ever. So I'd, I'd wow. go out. That's that's a lot of faith in, in Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, I'd go out and they would say, you know, who they sort of sounded like. And uh, if I thought they looked cool as a 13 or 14 year old, I would go out and, and, of uh, course. and buy the record, see if I liked it. And sometimes I liked the music. You know, sometimes it was the Pixies. Other times it wasn't the Pixies. And it's a band that I can't remember who they were. And uh, I never listened to them again. Uh, so uh, you got lucky or you didn't. Uh, th- there was no way to know. And bands had the crazy hair back then, right? Yeah, the 80s. Let's not talk about 80s fashion. It's okay. uh, as um, noted, as Bono once said, no one should look like their hair has been ironed. 
So that's definitely. Oh, that is a, Yeah, that's a tough look. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, no one should look like their hair has been ironed. Uh, that's the 80s. Words to live by from Bono. Words to live by for Bono. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad you like that song. It's, um, and and I think what you'll find too is it does not sound really like T Rex. T Rex are it, it's T Rex are glam rock. Uh, they're amazing. So that was definitely a very different kind of T Rex song. There's one more part of that song I just wanted to touch on and give my thoughts to, and that's um, the outro where you know the the vocals kind of fade out and it's really just uh, the instrumentation. And I I was enamored by the way that the the guitar and drums were playing off each other, um, like there's like these crazy guitar riffs going on and uh, sections where it's just the drum is hitting so fast and then cutting off completely. And I thought that was so cool. It was really a, a dynamic outro. And yeah, that like, you know, the whole part of the song with the vocals was great. And then I found the outro just really elevated it and took it to that next level for me. Oh, no, it's, um yeah, it's a hell of a song. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite T-Rex songs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm very happy you liked it. And uh, I think that's pretty much uh, we're coming to an end of, of episode number one. Yeah. So um, to all the listeners, if, if you've enjoyed this, please uh, be sure to rate our podcast on you know whichever platform you're listening to it on. Uh, subscribe to it as well. That would be fantastic. What's the Instagram page, Nick? Uh, yeah. So our Instagram page is at just hit play podcast. Um, definitely check that out be posting um, updates news as to when episodes are coming out things like that so give that a follow if you haven't already and uh, our facebook page is just hit play uh, an intergenerational sonic journey thanks to angie for writing that i could never come up with something that that catchy so uh thank you angie uh yeah yes thank you angie and so uh, one of uh the things that we want to do on this podcast as well is really showcase if you're a new band uh, and you want to, you know, let us play one of your songs, uh, we'll 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 try every episode to play uh, a band that that you may never have heard before uh, at the end of our podcast. And today we have a song by the Bear Beats uh, called "The Night." Uh, the Bear Beats are a local Brisbane band where I am, uh, and I've got to know them over the last couple of years. I photographed them a few times. We, uh, Darren and I, photographed their concert a few weeks ago. And uh, I really dig this band. Uh, so we're going to play their song to end the podcast. And I forgot to mention that the opening song was by a good friend of mine, Braden. Uh, we'll put his contact details at the beginning at, on the show notes. Uh, so Braden is a, is a Canadian singer who also happens to, to live in Brisbane. I met up with him at a Canadians in Brisbane Facebook page outing. And he just happened to live down the street for me. And uh, he's a really, really good guy and a really good musician. So thank you, Braden. That's a very niche Facebook page. Yes, it is. It's, it's very, it's Canadians in Brisbane. No one no. else. No, you, you can't be American. You can't be Panamanian. It has to be Canadians. In Shout out Canadians in Brisbane. If you're a Canadian in Brisbane, please go like that page. I'm sure they could use it. Or if you're a Canadian in Brisbane and you didn't know there was a Canadians in Brisbane Facebook page, come out. We we drink we drink beer and we talk about hockey. And uh, every once in a while, someone will bring poutine. It's, it's pretty it Sounds good. like a good time. Yeah. So thanks, Braden, for the loan of your song. Uh, you know, I'm, you're a good guy and, and, I like, and I like the music. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. I really uh, enjoyed going down this musical journey with you yeah more to come as well so thank you everyone for listening uh be sure to stay tuned to our social media pages for updates and yeah we hope to see you next time and this is the bear beats with their song called the night
creature of the night, creature of the night, creature of the night. Uh, ladies looking fly, people wanna fly, people fly high. Love. Mm-hmm.